0: group podcast where we talk about organizational leadership systems marketing and more for your church or organization our goal is to help redefine your culture from the inside out today you have myself nathan and michael moore hello we are in a unusual space today we are it's kind of unusual it is um but i like it we're in a white room
1: it is literally everything's white white. it's kind of creepy yeah
0: I just realized the sticker on John's uh, drum set is Bob's Burgers.
1: Yeah, I yeah. love it. So why don't you tell everyone where we are because no one can see us. <laughs> That's <right laughs> true. <now>. So <laughs> you got the white walls pictured out. You got a Bob's uh, burger
0: sticker on a drum set. We are in the practice room for when City Church tears down for
1: the week. So which lately has been every week, every week. Right. So why has it been every week? Basketball season. Basketball season. So in case you guys don't know, we share space with the Albany Patroons, which is essentially like uh, minor league basketball. Yeah. Um, people that are trying to get into the NBA or have been called down from the NBA. Right. And trying to get back in it. But it's pretty cool. And so they have a basketball game this week and yep. next week and the week after. And so we have to set up every Sunday at 630. 30.. Oh. Six we 30? got pretty good, so yeah. with now it's 6.30. Yeah. Yeah, it used to be like 5.45. Yeah, so uh, for everyone that is still setting up and tearing down for Sundays, we know the pain, trust we feel me. feel the
0: struggle. Nothing is more disheartening than getting there at 6 o'clock in the morning to set up to tear down at
1: 12.30. Yeah.
0: Being like, oh, do we need to tape this cable down? No. no.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's behind <laughs> just the curtain. a curtain. Ru- <laughs> put a rug over it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so what are we going to talk about today, Nate?
0: So I figured we'd do something fun this week. Woo! And a while ago, I think we did this, but we didn't do like a one-on-one with it. And uh, I'm going through management training right now, which I know I've shared with you some of the stuff that I learned. Um, I'm taking a disk assessment, which we can talk about later because I have a fun activity that we can do on that one.
1: Oh, uh, this is going to be like a cooperative effort.
0: It is. But we both took what's called uh, the predictive index test, which is kind of the same thing, just not as in-depth.
1: Well, they would argue that it's more in depth and scientifically proven.
0: Well, again, but we'll argue differently.
1: We have a whole two podcast actually on that um,
0: with someone who works there. That's yeah, true.
1: Yeah, yep. two podcasts. So but it was, it was a really good podcast. I'm
0: interested to see because the last time it looks like I took my test was February 25th. Mine was 2019.
1: February, February 13th, 2019.
0: Okay. So I'm kind of curious to see what our results were because I haven't looked at it since that podcast. And to see if we've changed it all.
1: Yeah. So how does this apply to leadership?
0: So being a leader, I mean, we can get into that. But I mean, being a leader, uh, you got to know who you are and who your team is, because the best leaders out there are ones that can adapt to other people's uh, styles. Right.
1: Yeah. You know I was actually just listening to something we actually did it with staff today. Mm. Um just talking about the essentially the people on the bus, who's your team? Mm-hmm. Who are the people mm-hmm. you're going to have at your table?
0: Real quick while you said people on the bus because I work at school bus riding, <laughs> Our motto is we try to find uh the right seat for the person on the bus. Oh,
1: ah, there you go. Just
0: kind of funny bus puns.
1: <laughs> 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 so, but we were but what one of the things that we were talking about today is how having a person with extreme talent Mm -hmm. is awesome, but if they're not flexible and able to play in the sandbox with everybody else, they actually are a cancer to your team and do more damage to your team than they would good, even though they're extremely talented because they go in and they bulldoze over everyone. They push their agenda. They think that their role is the most important. And so this is really good looking at who you are as a leader, your strengths, your weaknesses, but then also having your team look at it as a leader, their strengths and their weaknesses. And just to be able to discuss that amongst yourself and how to communicate with each other.
0: Right. Because chances are someone on your team is going to eventually have to work with someone else on the team, right? It's not just leaders working with the team. You're going to have teammates working with teammates and so on and so forth. Everyone's got to know how everyone functions. Which I think is cool, um, where I work, actually, within the first two months of being hired, you're required to take this test. Interesting. And then you can look anyone else up at the company, including the boss, the big guy.
1: The big CEO? Yeah. Yeah. That's cool.
0: So it is interesting. And then uh, by office, they actually have us all. So disk is a circle. Go figure. It's a disk about where you plot in that circle.
1: I thought it was a cassette tape. <laughs>
0: For this illustration, though, because it's a disk, you get a marker on the disk of, like, what your style is, right? Mm-hmm. And they have one for each department, so you can see kind of very quickly who you work well with, who you might struggle to work with. It's interesting to see how the different departments all lean one way or the other way.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And and the predictive index is very similar, but it's more so a line graph, Yeah, uh, and it, it has four points that they... Critique you on, or that you are essentially whenever you take the predictive index test that you're tested on, and out of those four things, they then rate you A, B, C, D. Mm -hmm. Uh, A is more dominance. D is more uh, everything has to be precise and detail oriented, legally done, correct. Yep. um, And 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 stuff. And so we and we will definitely go through that. And so why do you want to? Let's dive in with the predictive index.
0: All right, so mine, um, I don't know what all of them are either, but I know mine says I was a maverick, and yours was?
1: I was a captain.
0: Do you know what the other ones are? Are there a bunch? There's
1: 17. Oh, my god! There's an adapter, uh, which is someone who can really just adapt. Yep, I remember that one. Anyone or anything that's going on. And then there are... I, and I don't know them all, to That's be That's
0: fine. We're going to go over our behaviors, and you can probably fill the lines in with the 17 or 14 others that aren't mentioned there. Yeah, absolutely. Um, absolutely. So why don't you list off some of what it says your strongest behaviors are?
1: Um, well, I would love to, but my internet connection just dropped. And so wow. I'm actually...
0: Wow. I said, I asked before this, are you prepared?
1: So I was prepared.
0: Mine and... downloaded. So I will go first. Then.
1: <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Yeah, you go first while I try to figure out this uh, hot spot.
0: Yeah. Uh, so it says I will most Nathan will most strongly express the following behaviors. So you can let me know if I'm right or wrong or anything like that. So we have risk taking, daring, and focus on future goals. The individual is more concerned with where they're going than how they'll get there or where they've been. Adaptable operates flexibility. It's interesting.
1: That is interesting. I would agree with that. I think that you're flexible.
0: Yeah, I would agree I'm flexible. Um, I think over the years, and I'm already tearing this apart, but I think over the years since i last taken this, I am a little more focused on how I'll, I'll get there. But I know that if it's something really exciting, I do overlook that still.
1: Yeah. So uh, elaborate on that if you don't mind.
0: Yeah. So um, this is actually pretty funny. So Give my, me some examples. I know. So my... um. My disc style is actually pretty close to this. I know it's changed, but my disc style is a DI, um, which means I can be very dominant, but I'm also kind of um, encouraging and outgoing in a way, but yeah. more more dominant than, than that aspect. Um, what's funny is someone else on my team who I work with closely is actually pretty much the exact same profile. And our assessment of like how you guys work well or bad together. On the bad part together was legit. If you guys are excited about the same thing, you will run over everything in your path because you are so excited and so looking forward on the future that you actually forget about how you get there, uh, might not think about what's best for the team, might not think about what's best for... Um, the overall, in this case, product that you're working for because both of you are so much in the same profile, which you think would be good that you're both in the same profile. And in a lot of ways it is, but we like heard or read that assessment and we both looked at each other and we're like, we do that all the time. Mm-hmm. We get really hung up, really excited on one good idea that we both are like, oh, let's brainstorm this. This is awesome. Let's do this, and we forget about almost every other responsibility that we have in our book, and just go after this one goal. Yeah. Um, yeah. And most of the time, when that happens, we do good, we execute, but um, we'll stumble along the way. We'll have to normally bring someone up to speed because we forgot that we had to bring them with us. Right. right? And the part of how how they'll get there, especially talking about other people, um, or sometimes those other priorities. Um will bubble up from someone above you, and then this project that you spend all this time on will go
1: unfinished forever and ever, right
0: yeah, yeah, um yeah, I think that's a good one yeah
1: so i uh, I do have mine pulled up now, and so some of my uh so I'm very high dominance mm-hmm. uh, go figure mm-hmm. uh and then as far as formality I'm very low uh formality, but that being said, I have what they call the corporate hook. Meaning, I'm just enough formal that I can adapt to the policies and procedures within the organization. Sure. That I would still be worth a good hire if I was working in corporate America. Gotcha. But um, so here are my strongest expressions, so to speak, is I'm proactive. I'm assertive. I have a sense of urgency in driving to reach personal goals. Openly challenge the world. Uh, I'm independent in putting forth my own ideas. Um, If implemented, uh, they can cause change resourcefully, works through or around anything blocking uh, the completion of a project. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm aggressive when challenged. uh, I'm impatient for results. Mm -hmm. Uh, I put pressure on myself and on others for rapid implementation. uh, And I am far more or less productive when doing routine work. Mm -hmm. Risk-taking, focus on future goals. Uh, makes decisions that takes action with relatively little need for proof or confirmation. Uh, But I am flexible uh, when approaching uh, the book, so to speak, and that goes back to that corporate hook. And I'm willing to bend the rules to achieve individual goals or results for the organization. An original thinker. Uh, who isn't easily discouraged by setbacks. How fair would you say that is? That's still pretty accurate, I'd say. I'd say say it is very accurate. It's kind of scary, to be honest with you.
0: What, they haven't changed in a year, or that's who you are?
1: Uh, That's who I am. (laughs) I'm a captain. (laughs) Uh, I thrive in chaos.
0: Oh, yeah. You create chaos so that you can do better.
1: Yeah, so let's talk about that. (laughs) <laughs> how do how do I create chaos so I can so I can do better? I love how you put that very selfishly that I can do better.
0: You didn't disagree though. So. I don't disagree because <laughs> I know I do it. Um I think people who enjoy chaos don't realize that they're always in chaos. They just see it as their normal, right? Yeah, so that's when true. you make decisions for yourself or for other people, to you it's kind of the norm that you're running around, but to someone else in a different profile or to someone else that thinks differently, uh, they see it as chaos, right?
1: Yeah absolutely so m- i can make decisions in the household and i think absolutely nothing mm-hmm. about it where my wife is completely opposite of me and she needs time to process to think to plan it out for instance we're going to israel actually in like a week mm-hmm. i'm i'm pretty excited I- in a week we're going to Israel. Anyways. So with me, I'm the type of person that I'm going to pack the night before I go on a nine-day international trip, and right. I'll double-check two or three times to make sure I have my passport before I leave the house. Right. My wife, on the flip side, has to-do list for her, to-do list for me. Uh, we have grandma coming over to watch the kids, mm-hmm. Christie's mom. She has labeled, this is where the cups are in the house. This is the wow. medicine cabinet. This is the snack cabinet. She has printed off their daily routines for the kids and, and me, that's just not the way I roll. Right. 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 Uh, and so I'm like, Oh, all right, here are the kids have fun. I'll see you in a week or two weeks. And, right. uh, You know, God bless you, seven blessings to you, right? Right. Uh, Where my wife is completely opposite and it has to be planned out. But I'm also the type of person that I could be like spontaneously like, oh, let's go up to Lake George or let's fly down to Texas. And with a day or two day notice and I thrive and I get excited about moments like that Mm -hmm. where the mundane, the routine, it just gets it gets boring.
0: This will be really fun when we do my thing later. Remind me, we'll we'll include your wife in it, cause it's,
1: it'll be fun. It'll
0: be easy. Yeah, it'll be an easy warm up. We'll put it that way. Yeah.
1: So let's talk about. Let me ask you this. Okay. Go ahead. So you're a manager. Yep. Uh, and I obviously manage a team as yep. well. So let's talk a little bit about how your personality traits, mm-hmm. for disc, so to speak, or even with a PI, mm-hmm. uh, differ from people on your team, and how you've learned to manage that. Uh, and I will say this as as he's getting ready to talk about that. Uh, For any pastor, for any leader, it is imperative that you know how your team functions. Uh, Just like we have the five love languages uh, that has become a very popular book with how people accept and give love, and we learn how to communicate with one another, the same thing is true in the work environment or in the church environment, even with your volunteers. Uh, Some people don't like to be touched. Some people don't like gifts, Uh, and some people don't like to be publicly corrected. Some people need more affirmation and encouragement. And to know that about your team, about the people who need more affirmation and encouragement, or people who need to be privately corrected. And then other people, who you can just be completely blunt. Like, I can right. be 100% blunt with Nathan, right? and he doesn't care. Right, because uh, we both operate the same way. Yeah, but yep. I can't do that with other people on our team, because it would get them upset, and then it would crush their spirits, and their productivity would go down, so forth, so forth. So talk a little bit about the work dynamic and what you're learning. Uh, with your team,
0: yeah. So I'm gonna tell a story first, if that's okay.
1: Absolutely. One of the
0: most eye-opening moments of like how to be an effective leader, where you adapt, is uh, we all took our DISC assessment while we were there. Uh, went through what they meant. You know, it's a huge training; it's like 80 pages long or something like that. By yeah, the time you're done, it's a lot. Yeah, um, but you go through it, and then we were talking about uh, my boss, who I've actually known for a while um, before I started working there. Um, so I've known him for a while. And they were like, oh, how do you think, um, what do you think his disc profile is? And we're all going through it. And we're like, ah, oh, you know, um, he asks a lot of good questions. He doesn't overbear. Like he does, he's not too blunt with anyone. Um, he's good at making to-do lists. He's very analytical. He's very outgoing towards people. So it was hard to put him in one category. Yeah. Um, so we put him kind of down the lower half of the circle, which is the more warm and accepting type person um and then they pulled up his profile and it was the exact opposite of what we all guessed really because he knows that he is like the most dominant person you could meet when you take his profile but he knows that to a fault not to a fault but he knows that to you know um to the point where everyone guesses what he's not because he's that adapting
1: Oh, that's interesting. That's right. Very interesting.
0: It was and it's not even like, oh, he's kind of dominant. It was like he was on the other end of the spectrum, like far in the corner as you could go. Yeah. Very so interesting. very interesting. Um, so with that said, I did evaluate uh, my team because one of our homework assignments was to go back with this and try to guess what the profile of your team was. Um, and after I did it, it kind of makes sense of why I don't. I'm not going to say I have issues with certain people on my team, but I know I have to put forth more energy to work with certain people on my team. Absolutely. Um, so there's this one person I work with who I have no issues with, um, and we can kind of get anything done without a problem. And his DIS profile is actually just a flop of mine. So he's um, ID instead of DI, meaning he's kind of more uh, outgoing. He's more accepting of a few things. And he can be direct, but it's not his, f- his uh, first point. Yeah, right? it's not his forte. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so we get along pretty well. Um, some things to watch out for with that is, um, when I, because he's kind of direct, I sometimes assume he's going to be direct when he isn't. Um, and at the same time, we both sometimes, uh, aren't very good at to-do lists. So sometimes we both forget to follow up on things. The next one is, um, another person on my team is a CD instead of a D. Um, they can be direct and, and they can be someone who's on the forefront of making decisions if I'm not in the room, but they're also very analytical. They're very, right. right. Um, trying to think of a word for it. C CDs are also interesting people because they don't necessarily take, uh, they don't get sarcasm, yeah. right? They're very black and white type people. Yeah. Um, so he's, he's an organized guy. He's, he knows what he's doing. He's very smart in what he does. Um, But the analytical part is something that we're working through in the fact that uh, he'll be very analytical, very smart guy, but he can overcomplicate a problem.
1: Right. Right. I know people like that.
0: Yeah. Um, And then the last guy on my team is uh, very analytical. And this is great for a new hire. Right. Having a new hire, which he is, that's analytical is Asking questions, and not just questions, but the right questions, right? I mean, ask, someone who asks questions on your team can be annoying, right? but someone who asks the right questions on your team can be eye-opening for you, can be eye-opening for them, and really go through it. Um, his thing, which we're working through, is is he asks a lot of good questions, but sometimes he gets caught in the questions. Like, uh, we had to make a decision the other day on um, for some ADA-compliant ADA thing. We're like, hey, we just need this to be a light gray. And he spent an hour asking literally the exact hex for light gray. We're like,
1: just pick a gray, pick a gray. Yeah.
0: Right. You know, and even after saying that he still wanted further clarification. Right. So it's just, um, it's good to know that he's like that. So we got to a certain point and we can talk about it. Um, and this is something I'm going to bring up with you next actually, because I, this is something that not I'm struggling with, but something I'm asking for input in because this is where I want to know where to next. How far do you adapt like I'm not going to adapt to the point where you're asking questions about the color gray, yeah. But I understand that you're asking a lot of questions, so I'm I'm okay with that.
1: Yeah. So I, I think that's a good question because every leader is going to have to adapt, whether you're the yeah. leading the team or you're on the. Every everyone's going to have to adapt in the workplace. We're not created. I mean, even from a scriptural context, right? First Corinthians chapter twelve talks about you have the hand and you have the foot. Uh, what good if the whole body was a hand or what good if the whole body was an eye, where would your sense of hearing come from, et cetera, et cetera. And so everyone has their own gifting and their own makeup in the image of God. And so so, uh, there is not a bad personality profile out there. Um, And I think that that's important to understand. However, there are times, and this is what I would say to that, the moment that The moment that asking questions continuously Mm -hmm. gets to a point where you're not able to be productive. Oh, agreed. Is where there is a problem. And that's an
0: easy example, right? Yeah.
1: And and uh meaning I have so with our team, this is the way that I I manage and I I hope I'm doing a good job. They're saying I am, but I also sign their paychecks and so we'll see. Um (laughs) but like but with our with our team Uh, we actually have an outside company that signs the paychecks for the record. You really wanted to clarify that to be sure? Yeah, I don't sign their paychecks. I get
0: an email from a different stranger every week.
1: (laughs) 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 But uh, so I, I think... The way that I operate is I'm not, the, I'm not a detailed-oriented person mm-hmm. until we're kind of down to within a week of an event or a week sure. of whatever it is that we're talking about. Then I can sit down and let's go through the details. But I don't want to get bogged down in the details. Right. I, I hate getting bogged down into the details. And I'm the type of person like, do you want me to walk out on stage at this point? Do you want me to walk out on stage? Just tell me when to walk out on stage. I right. don't care. You make the decision and I don't care. Right. And so how I try to operate with the team is I try not to micromanage and I have micromanaged before and I'll get to that in a minute, but I try not to micromanage and be as hands off as possible. Right. As long as they're hitting their deadlines, as long as they're yep. being productive, yep. um, and 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 effective. The moment that I start to notice, then you know, this is the flip side of me, yep. um, where it's a strength, but it could also be used as a weakness. The moment that I see that there's less productivity or less stuff getting done with the same amount of hours, I do have a tendency to come down hard on the the person who might be working on that. Or if there's continuous missed deadlines. I don't have a problem with missed deadlines as long as it's communicated. Sure. But if it's something that isn't communicated and two days, three days later, I'm asking for something, I get frustrated. Yeah. I get very and I'm the type of person my my Profile. I'm the type of person that I have no problem just going in and like, okay, screw you. I'm going to go with someone else who's going to get it done. Right, right, Um, right. But I've also learned that if I do that from a place of anger or a place of frustration, I will end up upsetting that person. Uh, the The productivity will then continue to decrease. The project will end up getting pushed back, uh, whatever it may be. So I I have to watch myself from a dominant standpoint of going in and being like, all right. I'm just going to bypass you, and I'm just going to mm-hmm. go do it myself or have somebody else doing it because I do want quick results right I, I do uh, like i'm I'm big about that like y- you got fifteen hours to do this project, it needs to be done in ten right um so that's I don't know I, I yeah I feel like I just went down a rabbit trail but
0: no, no, that's good, uh definitely knowing that that's where you're at and that in, in that example, the emotion would be bad right where you get frustrated and you kind of just push someone aside to go with someone else um but do you believe? Uh, that as a manager or as a leader, it's good to show those emotions at time.
1: Yes, yeah, just not all the time, right? If that was my that and that's the thing, if that was my go to default, yeah, then that's a problem. And that used to be my go to yep. default. Uh, we just did a partner dinner with some of the people in our church, and Jen Waltersdorf, who's on staff with us, she was talking about her journey at City Church. From whenever she joined in, and mm-hmm. they started the kids' outreach, and they're the children's pastors, and there's one kid in kids' ministry, and just kind of the whole process but one of one of the things it was humorous, but it was truthful, yeah um and, but but she was like there's been lots of laughs, and there's been lots of tears, and just to kind of set the context, she's giving a uh kind of demonstration or talk or whatever during our partner banquet. Uh, but she's like, there's been lots of t- laughs and lots of tears and lots of uh, things being thrown across the room. No, I'm just joking. I was like, no, you're not. It was a trash can. Like I totally got <laughs> mad at a staff meeting. And I kicked a <laughs> trash can, and I did. I d- absolutely did. And that's where I was in the wrong because, right? Uh, I've gone into staff meeting and I've been like, hey, I'm frustrated. This is unacceptable. This needs to be fixed now. And that's acceptable. But going into staff meeting angry and violent and Uh, condemning and, and, you know, attacking people is is the downside. Right. You
0: can still show anger without doing most of that stuff, right? And that's that's okay. That's healthy to have, as a leader, show your team that emotion still
1: exists. Yeah. And so I'll say this, and I think that they could all tell you. If I get too upset, my go-to is I need a minute, Mm -hmm. and I just leave the room. Mm -hmm. And I take a few deep breaths. I calm down. And I go back in there and they know as soon as I leave the room, Michael's not happy. Right. But they also know I'm not gonna go in there and start yelling at him Right, people. right, right. Yep. Because you don't I, I I don't feel like I'm an abusive leader. I hope I'm not an abusive am I an abusive leader? No. All right, good. No, no, no. I used to be. That sounds bad. Yeah, I'm,
0: I think we both used to be though. I don't want yeah. to say abusive leader, but we both used to definitely own the dominance more yeah. than we do now.
1: Yeah. Totally. Absolutely. Agree. So I, here's another thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have team members on our board. and our board of directors, we have people who are processors yep. and very analytical. Yep. And they look at the data. They pull data. They look at the systems. They, and then they think through, here's not five steps. Here's 100 steps. Yeah. And in my mind, I'm thinking five steps. How are you with people on your team that are extremely detail-oriented? Because, again, I'm just like, all right, you figure out the steps. Here's the due date. Let's get it done. Yeah, but I've also learned I need to listen to those people more.
0: Yeah, uh, there's there's definitely a balance, and um, thinking on an example here, we definitely have people in our team that think through all the steps, think through all the use cases, but they're great people to uh, bring in a room. Let's say working in a software company, the best thing is, hey, uh, there's this problem, right? And we need to make a decision soon because it's an emergency, whatever. Um, however, in order for me to fix this, I need to make X happen, right? I need to make a change happen. I know how to make X happen. I know that that's what needs to be, but a processor can come in and be like, you can do that, but know that it's going to change this. It's going to change this. It's going to change yep. this, going to change yep. this. Right. Uh, and there's both ways of it, right? In that moment, a processor is great to have because if I had just made that decision, I would have ended up spending so much more time trying to fix all my other mistakes that I just caused yeah. in that moment. Yeah. On the other side, though, if I have a uh, something that I know is going to be long-term, something that's going to be over the course of a year, maybe more vision-driven, right? And a processor comes in and does everything, that's great. However, processors, if in charge, can hold back a decision.
1: Very true. Very true. So it
0: really just depends on what side that they're on. And um not saying that processors can't be in charge, but a good leader who's a processor knows when to step back and not be in the room when a decision has to be made.
1: Yeah. It's just like with an artist who's painting, Mm -hmm. right? And, and I heard this analogy, uh, but you can, you can always keep working on a piece of art, Yeah, but there gets a point where you get so caught up in the details that you've hit, you've hit your climax, so to speak, with the beauty of the piece of art and everything you add to it is actually starting to devalue the piece. Um, and, and, and that's what some people do. Like you can constantly paint a wall over and over and, and focus on, but there gets a point where it's like, it's done. Let's just move on. Let's get, let's move on to the next thing. Right. And, and I, I can definitely see uh, processors and I would even say like processors, a lot of times are a perfectionist. Um, I was gonna say
0: the same thing, right? They processors are the ones that wanna do all the steps right to the very end. However, realistically, you can go live with sixty of the steps out of a hundred, right? Yes. The absolutely. other all hundred are gonna get done, but you can still move forward with sixty and then do the other forty as you keep
1: going. Absolutely. And even even in a church context like uh, so one of our core values is we are committed to establishing a culture of honor and excellence that Jesus may be known. Mm-hmm. Uh, excellence does not mean perfection. Excellence right. means that we hate mediocrity and we're constantly making it better. Yep. So there gets a point where you can get stuck on a creative idea so long and you're trying to get, whether it's a video or it's a, uh, we don't do dramas, but like mm-hmm. a spoken word on sure. stage yep. or something like, and you get so caught up in the details that you've hit that point of like, It's, 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 it's good. Yeah. It's very good. Yep. But now you're getting so focused on the minute details, uh, that you're actually slowing down the process. You're slowing down the creativity. You're killing the vibe in the room. Uh, and that's where it's like, all right, Hey, I love you. You're overthinking this way too much. Like you've already done what I've asked you to do. Let's move on. Yeah. And it's, and it's important if you're the leader of that team to recognize that when you need to instruct your team, to move on to the next goal or to the next project or the mm-hmm. next task that they may have.
0: Yeah, no, that's good. That's real good. Um, something else I'm going to throw out here just because I'm looking down at my notes for the past three weeks of training, so I'm just going to throw it out there. And this could probably be a whole episode, actually, just to be honest. We Tr- may do that. Trust.
1: Woo, so up. there's
0: there's two big types of trust. I'm do about you know to th- start speaking in tongues. Do you know what the two big types of trust are?
1: Uh, there's positive trust and negative trust. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Um, good. But in terms of like, um, the type of trust you can have,
1: I would love to hear your explanation on this, but before you do that, uh, John Maxwell has a quote that says leadership is influence. Most people know that I would say in a good management or leadership or pastoral stance. And if you're in ministry or if you attend a church, you know exactly what I'm about to say. Leadership is trusted influence. Uh, and by that, I mean the moment that a leader breaks trust with you is the moment that people start to leave the organization. There it creates issues. There's drama, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera.
0: All right, good. So you'll talk about the second point I'm going to make then. All
1: right. So, what th- what was the first point? Trust.
0: Yeah. No. 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 The two types of trust. You'll hit on the second one with that quote. So do you, the. F- do you trust me? I do. So. Do you, do you really? The first me? type of trust. I'm just going to breeze right past that because it's right. a dumb question, but. <laughs> <laughs> The first type of trust is predictive trust. Predictive trust is: I'm going to the supermarket, and when I put my groceries down, the lady's going to scan it.
1: That's fair. Kind of like common grace. Kind of. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Predictive trust is X has happened, so it'll probably happen again. Yeah. Right. Um, that can happen with anyone. You don't have to know the person to have predictive trust with them. Um, and it just can be about the simplest stuff. That's good. Vulnerability trust is the one that you're talking about, and that's the one that's harder, right? And there's two types of people when it comes to vulnerability trust. There is the first type of person who trusts everyone until trust is broken, or there's the other type of person who trusts no one until trust is given. And which type am I, Nathan? <laughs> you're definitely the second one.
1: I am definitely the second one. I don't trust people until they You're the trust skeptical is. type. I am, I'm, yeah. I am. And that's probably a weakness of mine, to be honest with you. Um, I
0: wouldn't say it's a weakness. I think it can go either way, and I think both have their ups and downs with yeah. it.
1: I would say with me, it's easy to be yeah. a weak for it to be a weak. Yeah,
0: I could I could see that. But to everyone else out there, it could it could easily be a weakness or a strength either way. Yeah, because um, the weakness of the flip side of that is you know because I trust everyone. I go into every decision and someone who's really good at lying, I shouldn't be trusting, but I don't find out two years later. I should have never trusted Yeah. Yeah. Right. So it goes both ways for yeah. sure.
1: I I'm the type of person and speaking of trust, uh, and and this is definitely true in the workplace with teams, with volunteers in your church. Um, I will, I will trust everyone. Like I'll trust everyone until they prove me wrong. Mm-hmm. Uh, but as far as the vulnerable trust, like being vulnerable with them and, and confiding in them, sharing with them or, uh, really trusting that they're going to have the best interest of the organization at mind. Mm-hmm. Uh, that is one of those that has to be earned, or I have to catch it. It's yep. not something that I can just teach them. It's something that I have to experience them them walking through. Uh, my, my downside is, and this is where I need more of the grace of God, so you guys can all pray for me. When someone breaks my trust, it is extremely extremely hard to get back. That being said, I can forgive the person. I'm just not going to trust you until like God speaks and parts the clouds and gold dust falls on my Bible, which has happened, not to me, but to people, supposedly. So
0: go I'm going to hit this
1: next part now. All right. ah oh, man. All right, go ahead. I'm interested
0: to see what you think about this part then based off that whole spiel you just gave. So when it comes to vulnerable trust, yeah, and in terms of, uh, obviously, you can lose that in a second lifetime to build, right, when it comes to that sort of trust. Um, but in order for vulnerable trust to be built back up successfully, uh, the leaders are the ones that have to always make the first step. I agree with that. Right? No matter how hard it is, right? It's always going to have to be the leader where even if you broke trust with your teammate or your teammate broke trust with you, it's always going to have to come back on you to show that grace first, to show uh, that first step first. To rebuild that trust, yeah, I a def- leader has to be the foundation for it,
1: I definitely agree with that. I don't like it, I know, <laughs> <laughs> but i i i mean i i I, I get it though, yeah, yeah, it's the same thing, I mean, within the context of Christianity, yeah. you're having to constantly extend, you're the one to forgive, forgiveness isn't a we thing, it's a you thing,
0: wow, and how cool is that that God's the one that always to get back, man, uh, this is a whole other topic, man, I
1: know, I know, don't start crying on that, oh no, 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 of course not, um.
0: That's good, though, right? Yeah. Again, whole the topic for another day. But just seeing that, right, where uh, God being the leader of all of our of all of us, right, when we break trust, God is always the first one to try to restore it.
1: Yeah, He is. He is, and and so all right. So as we wrap this up, because uh, I think we're yeah we're we're near at our time. But like as we wrap this <laughs> up. Um, why don't we talk about broken trust and how you go about restoring that trust? Cause I'm sure you've had experiences. I've had experiences that, and I'll say this, there's been broken trust that, um, has still remained broken Yeah, and there's right. been broken trust that has been, uh, I would say completely restored and just depending on the, the, the two or three people.
0: Yeah. Um, it's always hard. It always depends on, on obviously the situation who's involved, all that. But, um, I know broken trust can only be mended um, once we're going to assume two people once both parties um, intentionally intend to make a difference back. Right. Yeah. Um, One person can try, as we talked about leader makes the initiative, yada, yada, but um, leader can do all he can to mend it, but it'll never be completely restored until both people are going in and they're ready. And they're basically saying, Hey, um, you know, Uh, I want to make a difference. I want to do something, right? And just because both of them say that they want to make a difference doesn't mean it's going to happen overnight either. Yeah. Right? It's going to be something that takes time. It's going to be something that, um, yeah, something that just takes time, something that just is going to be a lot of effort depending on how much you broke their trust, right? Breaking someone's trust is either um, a conversation. You start over and you just work your way back up a little bit or it's going to be, effort upon effort upon effort to just get back to square one.
1: Yeah. And I would say if you're the person who uh, say you've been offended and there has been broken trust on a team and a relationship. Uh, I mean, we see this in marriages all the time. Marriages fall apart because of broken trust. That's, mm-hmm. that's, that's what it is. Uh, but if you're the one that's harboring one to that and the other person is putting forth the effort, that's where you really need to examine your own heart uh, and check, check yeah. your heart. And, and here's something I would just To add on to that, and you know this has been like a a pet peeve, and we'll probably do a whole podcast about this in the future. Mm -hmm. We will. There is no probably. We will. Um, Assumptions. Yeah. Assumptions. That's good. So many people have experienced broken trust based upon assumption instead of actual fact. And we have been – you have something to say. Go ahead. I do.
0: I mean, assumption goes back to this whole thing about trying to learn who's on your team, right? I'm going to assume that someone on my team thought of something, but really they're not the analytical type. Or I'm going to assume that yeah. someone knows to get this done, but they're not the to-do list type person. Or yeah. I assume someone's going to make a decision, but I know they're the analytical type person, right? I can't put my own personality and assume that on someone else.
1: Yeah, and which goes back to this is why it's important to know your team. Yeah. Like I know Dan, right? Yeah. Dan, yeah, yeah, yeah. Dan is not the type of person. I cannot go up to Dan and be like, hey, Dan, Uh, I want you to come up with this crazy idea because he'll be like, all right, cool. Where do I start? But if I go to Dan and I say, hey, Dan, here's something I've been thinking about. And we talk through it. He can take it and he can run with it and he can execute it. And he's also the type of person like and you you notice Mm -hmm. this, you, Mm -hmm. you appreciate this. He doesn't need to even be instructed or cast vision with what to do. Give him a book. And he'll read it and uh-huh. he'll do it. You know, he is he is a go-getter, get it done, detailed type person. Where I'm, I'm the complete opposite of that. I'm big picture and and stuff. But uh, back back to assumption. I I know that on a lot of teams you could probably avoid a lot of conflict if you remove the assumption out of it. Mm-hmm. And I mean interpersonal yeah. conflict, tension, in church. Uh, I would venture out to say, within the past six months. Most issues we've had in the church and our church have been because of assumptions of people. Yeah. And it's it's really been me as the leader pulling back the conversation and saying, okay, have you talked to this person? No, but this is what I'm seeing and such and such. Okay. What you're telling me is all based off of assumption. Yep. Pick up the phone, give them a call, like, and find out what actually happened. Right. And then once they do that, it's something completely different or something that was taken way out of context. And uh, and we've honestly, from asking those questions uh, and knowing how our team works and, and how our leaders work, et cetera, et cetera, has avoided so many what could have been potentially yeah, major issues. It's a
0: good step to rather than waste your energy or someone else's energy and go down a whole rabbit hole, just start every conflict just with trying to figure out if there's assumption. Yeah. Right. That's a good way. That's a good way to think about it. Honestly, just to make sure that there's no assumption in the conflict you're going into. Absolutely. Yeah. All right. We're gonna do one more thing. All kind right. of lighten the mood
1: before we go. All right. Okay. I thought you were about to cry on me for a minute. Oh there. no.
0: Well, maybe. But you know, <laughs> we'll we'll do this real quick because you've hit some keywords, or I think you could assess your team in disc super quick.
1: Okay. So go over. I'm gonna D-I-S-C. go over. S C. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Okay. So D is, um, you they can be seen as direct. They can be blunt, fast-moving, decision-making, okay? That's me. Yeah. I, they're encouraging. They always want the team to feel well. They want everyone to be involved. They want everyone to be appreciated, okay? S, uh, is they can be reserved with other people. They have a fear of disappointment, uh, conflict. Um, their securities ally, um, are with acceptance, teamwork, and they can be adaptable. And then C is they want to be organized. They can be organized. They're very much to do lists. They're analytical. Okay. Just some high things. And then we're going to, so imagine a circle. Yeah. Upper left of the circle is D. And then going right to bottom is D, I, S, C. Okay. So on the top clockwise. half clockwise. clockwise. Thank you. That's what the word I was looking for clockwise. So on the upper part of the circle, you have D and I on the upper part, right? If you're on the upper part of the circle, you tend to be f- uh, fast-paced and outspoken, or you are outspoken, obviously, right? Like you dominate the conversation. Yeah, Do yeah, I know. Dominate? The bottom half of the circle is someone who is cautious and reflective. Okay. Okay. And then left and right. So split the circle up and down. Now, the left side is questioning and skeptical, and the right side is warm and accepting.
1: I, would, I know where I am. I yeah, say where test. you are. And I'm so going to ask a D, you I'm I'm a ask D, you couple people. I'm a i I'm a high okay. D.
0: We're gonna, when we do this, so you are a D-I. When we yeah. when we do this, though, we're just going to do the one letter. Okay. Because just to make it easy. So, just yeah. to make it easy. So, yeah, all yeah. right.
1: So um, I'll say for me, I'm a D. Okay. I know I'm a D.
0: Christy. I'll let you look at my notes, too, if you want to yeah, visualize I'm the gonna, circle.
1: I'm going to say... Uh,
0: so there's that and then those two diagrams.
1: Yeah, so... Uh, <laughs> I'm gonna say S.
0: Yep, she could be S. I could also see her kind of B and C, yeah. kind of towards the bottom, because as you mentioned, she's a to-do list person. With your kids, she's organized, right? She was organized when she was in yeah. charge of the worship team. Yeah, I would.
1: Yeah, I would. She would be an S C. Yep, but yeah. Either, either way, either, that's what I'm either saying. Either way, yeah. I would say she'd be right in the middle of this. All
0: right, Dan. C. Yeah, hard C. C. No question. Yeah. Um, C
1: I, but hard C.
0: So you can't go across the circle, actually.
1: What? I, oh, I, yeah. Uh, all right. Well, in Michael Moore's world, because I'm a captain, that's fine. So you can have an avenue. You, you can like have an avenue. Why I like the predictive yeah, index, I know. Right? I know. <laughs> you can have an
0: avenue to a different one. But yeah, so Dan's definitely yeah, definitely. Dan, definite Dan, Dan would be a C. Yeah. Um, Jen,
1: I. Yeah. I'd I'd, I'd say uh, wants everyone to be involved. Uh, appreciative. Everyone the encouraging, encouraging. The team yep. building. Uh, yeah, I would say I.
0: All right, I'd ask you to do me, but I've obviously already said uh, what I was. D. Yeah, you're a D. Yeah. Um, okay, that's all I want to do. I just want to do that's something fun, d- just to d- have you look give through me it. And some more people. Oh, all right, you can do my wife. S. Yeah, I was gonna say. Yep. Um, we just hit everyone on staff. Um, what else can we do? Whole list of common people here.
1: I I, I know we do have a lot of people in our church. Let's so. do David. David R. David R. Um. I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with D. I would too. I'm
0: gonna go with D. He's he's one other letter as well, but he's definitely D. Yeah,
1: I would I would say he's a... Yeah, I'm gonna go with D.
0: Yeah. Yep. Um his brother.
1: Mike? hmm Uh I'm gonna say I.
0: Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. I think he it's funny, I think they're the opposite of each other. Yeah, I agree. So Mike Mike is an ID and David would be a DI. DI. Yeah. 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 So. Who else? Man, you really want to keep going through this. I know. Yeah. I kind of like it. Okay. Um, Two more
1: people. Somebody hard. Ooh. Victor. Victor is in. Dominican Republic. Victor. Victor Victor. Medina. Yeah. (sighs) Victor, if you're listening to this, um, I'm going to go. I'm gonna go S.
0: Okay. I'll trust you on that one. I could I could see that I just I'm gonna don't know go him as S. well. Yeah. Can
1: you do S D? You can't do S D. Yeah, yeah. Uh
0: they can have an avenue though. So there's three aspects of dominance yeah. that they have. So you could label one of them and they can have an avenue to that
1: yeah. one. Yeah, I'm gonna say I'm to say S, but right. I could also see D, but there's also a language barrier. So the other so thing the
0: other thing too is though the uh, this one's language barrier, but there's also a few other things. The harder they are to place, the more adaptive that person is. I
1: would definitely think he's more adaptive. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah.
0: All right. So three last people. Byron, Travis, and David. Oh. You gotta go do all three. Since oh, you started right, the church is, with them, you gotta do all great. three. Yeah.
1: Byron is D. There is nothing else no question. but D. Like yeah. Byron, if you're listening to this, we love you. You are you are a D. Travis is gonna be S, then with a I would say S C. Uh, I would
0: do the other way around, but yeah.
1: C. Uh Yeah. I guess he's organized. Yeah, uh, yeah, S S C or C S. Yeah, uh, David is I. Yeah, yeah, yeah. definitely. Like uh, I low low, yeah. low low D. Yeah, low right, D. right,
0: right. Like it. This was fun. Yeah, I thought this was good. This was good to review where we've been at for a year, I'd say, and and actually, it's probably been close to a year to the date, right? I took mine on the twenty fifth. You took yours on the thirteenth. That's Friday. Yeah, right?
1: and uh, the recording of this, it is the tenth. So. Nice,
0: pretty close. Yeah, awesome.
1: Hey, before we wrap up, yeah. what? so everyone that's listening, if you've lasted till this point, we're going to give out a $100 gift card. Not really. Um, Even I was
0: leaning towards it. My is like, how <laughs> but, do I get involved? But
1: but you should totally retweet this or share this or tell your friends about it or invite your pastors. Uh, we've been picking up some traction, which has mm-hmm. been really cool. Uh, and so we just want to say thank you to everyone. But yeah, in two weeks, we have another podcast with a mentor of mine.
0: Yep. Great so, guy.
1: Yeah, you want to you want to talk about who is coming on? Joe? Joe. Say his last name? Bishop the Reverend. I wanted you to say the whole thing. Dr. <laughs> Joseph Matera. Love it. So he is uh he is Dr. Matera. He yep. is Pastor Matera. He is depending on what circle known as Bishop Matera. Yep. Uh and he is uh not only is he a pastor but he is the leader of multiple national and international organizations and movements and he literally knows Everybody he does seem to know everybody in the Christian yeah. circle it's crazy, and I'm not talking about like like he knows small name pastors and he knows big name pastors yeah um and so he's got uh he's actually going to be on here in two weeks <clears throat> talking about apostolic leadership, Yep. which i'm super super excited about it because the apostolic leadership has got such a negative connotation on the yeah. American church yep. because of the abuse. And so I think you're going to be interested in some of the stuff that he says. That's really straight from the scripture. So it's going to be good. Yeah, be dope.
0: Yeah, that was a fun recording for yeah, sure. Was. Yeah. So awesome! Thank you, everyone, as Mike said, for listening to us here at the Inside Out Group Podcast. Thank you. If you have any questions, you can email us info at insideoutgrouppodcast.org.
1: Questions.
0: Let's go to the websites. I thought you were going to do something else there.
1: Nothing. I don't have anything else. <laughs> we